0: Welcome to Jimmy's Jobs of the Future. This is one of our historical episodes with Izzy O'Beng from Foundervine. Izzy was one of the most impressive people that I came across in Downing Street. She left a well-paying, secure job at a management consultancy firm to start Foundervine to inspire black and ethnic minority entrepreneurs to launch their own ventures. They recently had their big FounderFest conference, which brings together lots of different people to explore how we can improve the environment for black and ethnic minority entrepreneurs. She is one of the most inspiring individuals that I have come across, and it was great to go back through the archives. That's why I'm bringing this episode to the forefront and to the top of the Jimmy's Jobs feed. So Izzy, welcome to today's show. Can you tell us about the inspiration behind Found Vine and how you took the plunge from working at KPMG.
1: Yes. Thank you so much for having me. So I always talk about what it was like growing up in a part of London where there was so much ambition, but not necessarily as much opportunity to utilize that ambition in a helpful way. And I saw lots of young people around me kind of fall into things that didn't make the most of who they are and what they could do. And so I was always interested in business and building communities in some way. And I thought that would look like a career in politics for me. And it was only after sort of working in the business sector that I realized that there was so much more we could do in helping people start businesses and start social enterprises and really be at the forefront of all of the changes we were seeing in our economy. And that's kind of where Sounderbine came in, providing an opportunity for people who have great ideas to build those ideas with the support of a ready-made community of mentors, advisors, and people who can introduce them to other people and just help them grow ideas that way.
0: And so can you tell us a bit more about the different programs that you run? I know that one of the most popular is Startup 54, for example.
1: Yes, so we run uh, sort of four main types of programs. They're all designed for different stages in a future founders journeys so we start with our entrepreneur in a day programs where we go into schools and universities and get young people thinking about enterprise and digital skills then we have the startup 54 program which is designed for idea stage entrepreneurs who are actually serious about taking those ideas further and just kind of short sharp intervention and then we have our pre accelerator programs which are designed for early stage ideas who need a bit more support in order to sort of generate revenue and take the first steps into launching the product. And then we have our accelerator programs, which are designed for more established entrepreneurs who are looking to raise their first round in funding, expand their client base, et cetera.
0: So you, you provide the kind of full suite of things, don't you, in terms of aspirational entrepreneurs? It can be anyone you know, w- without an idea, or right through, as you were just saying, to those ones that are, are willing and ready to scale up a bit more.
1: Absolutely. And we recognized from the very beginning that um, if we were going to make the impacts that we wanted and really build on that mission of changing the base of entrepreneurship, then we couldn't just work with existing entrepreneurs who had already done all of the hard work in order to get there. But we needed to think about the pipeline as well and actually supporting more people to enter the digital tech industry, supporting more people to think about self-employment as an option as well.
0: It's only been going a couple of years, but you've had such rapid growth. What's been the proudest sort of moment that you've had so far along the way?
1: I think for me, one of the proudest moments um, that will stay with me for the rest of my life was when I presented Founder Vine to the Duke and Duchess of Sussex at Buckingham Palace earlier this year actually a week before lockdown. So glad it was able to happen. That's definitely a, a real standout moment for me.
0: Absolutely. Oh, and what did they say to you during that?
1: They were brilliant. We had quite a long conversation about the importance of helping more women into enterprise um, to expanding opportunities for young people globally. And I shared a bit more about you know, my background and kind of what guided me. And, you know, they were really receptive and ended up kind of sharing a bit more about their story and what they're up to at the moment. And it was just genuinely quite a lovely opportunity to meet two genuinely quite lovely people. Yeah, it must have been an incredible
0: experience. I'm really curious to understand where you think as a sort of leading entrepreneur in the UK about where the future jobs are going to be coming from because we live in such a changing world at the moment. There's so much information out there that it can be so difficult to kind of process it all and so forth. Where do you in the next three to five years see the economy moving and you know, what skills will be required for the future?
1: When it comes to jobs at the moment, it's such a fascinating time. We've kind of seen the pandemic lead to a string of new innovations designed to help us cope more in with remote working and cope more in kind of digital environments where we're by ourselves more than we ever have been before. And we're also seeing an increased consciousness around race as a result of Black Lives Matter and around other forms of diversity. That means that we are kind of moving towards a, at least in the digital sector, a kind of space in which I hope we're going to have much more inclusive innovation and also slightly different thinking when it comes to how we work, what our workplaces look like, how we communicate with each other, all of those kinds of things. In terms of the skills that we need for that, now more than ever, where young people are really, really worried about what getting a job after university looks like, about what actually going to university looks like at the moment, We need to be investing in platforms that allow young people to build digital skills, understand, you know, how they can contribute to innovation, you know, how they can engage with AI and machine learning, a really new part of the innovation that we're seeing in our communities at the moment. And A big part of my work is speaking to founders, meeting founders of various tech startups. And we have a diversity problem and we have a problem that stems right from the very beginning of our education system, which doesn't prioritise practical learning and non-theory-based learning. And there's a lot more work that I think needs to be done there.
0: The diversity issue is so important and so many different aspects of diversity as well, because I think we can all be rest assured that at the moment the UK isn't making the full use of all of the talent that it has. Uh, It was going to need to do that before the pandemic anyway, but it's so crucial now. And you talk about the practical sort of skills as well. Mm. And perhaps you could just talk us through a bit more about sort of the Founder Vine program, the different aspects of it and what you actually sort of practically teach people as well, because one of the things that you know this show looks at is how we can kind of future proof the skills that people require and whilst your mission is about changing the face of global entrepreneurship there's so much more you've talked about in terms of upskilling people in the digital world and People can do the courses and they don't necessarily have to turn out to be an entrepreneur at the end of it, but they can gain some skills.
1: Yeah. So for me, the future of education is not just around providing young people with the skills that they've been kind of learning so far. And kind of if you look at a curriculum that I don't know if it's necessarily in line with the jobs of the future. And so our programs are very much about giving. Young people a much more immersive experience, and that means linking them in with inspirational role models who come from a wide range of communities that you know can mentor them and coach them and help them actually kind of learn about building new products and starting new projects. A huge part of our work, in addition to training, is actually providing opportunities to build confidence as well and understand how to network and to meet employers. All of our programs take place. Uh, at least when they were offline, all of them took place in corporate offices, for example. And that's very intentional. It's bringing in young people who are at the stage of thinking about their careers into the offices of companies who are genuinely committed to providing those opportunities. And so we balance uh, a sort of technical training with opportunities to meet people who can help you grow business professionals across investment, across public sector, private sector, who will commit to giving their time to helping young people grow in different ways. And if I had to pick up two of them who immediately come to mind, one of them is Chuck Warner, who is the co-founder of Diverse TVC and the co-founder of Ada Ventures, which is a venture capital firm that's raised 30 million and counting to invest in diverse founders. And Czech speaks very openly about the need not just to encourage more diverse founders, but to encourage more diverse investment professionals to invest in those founders. So it's fantastic having her as part of the platform. We also have people like Gabby Kahane, who is a founder of an organization called Multiple, and he is also an angel investor and gives a lot of time to coaching our founders across our programs. it's exposure to people like Jack and Gabby that really make the difference for our founders. People who would otherwise be quite difficult to access and where we're able to combine practical training and insights and knowledge and very interactive elements with meeting people like that and getting feedback from people in these roles. I think that's where the magic really happens.
0: And so what are your sort of ambitions? I mean, you have the very bold kind of mission statement of changing the face of global entrepreneurship. And how are you going to do that over the next five and 10 years? You know, what are your ambitions for vibe? How big can it go?
1: We are very excited about what we've been able to do so far with FounderVine. And, you know, we started as a group of management consultants and professionals who are just really frustrated by not seeing ourselves represented in what is a rapidly growing digital ecosystem. And so to even have got here working with the sort of partners that we're working with is absolutely brilliant. And what the next five years looks like for us is increasingly building accelerated programs and other kinds of training programs that help young people build the skills and experiences they need to navigate a really changing economy. It also looks like increasingly partnering with investment firms and corporate investors to provide entrepreneurs with the funding that they need to grow more sustainable businesses. And so we're really looking at that into the moment, what investment readiness looks like for our communities, what access and opportunity look like for our communities and how ultimately we can not just deliver programs for entrepreneurs but be an advocate for diversity and inclusion within the wider business sector as well
0: that's brilliant, so tremendously exciting what's the uh, worst job or the most boring job that you've ever had to do if,
1: I wouldn't say it was the worst job, but the least interesting job that I've had to do so far was finding documents at a charity when I was about 15 years old it was my work experience job and I was essentially an admin assistant at a small charity in South London it was quite boring to be honest but I learned a lot about working in an office environment and how to get ready for a day at work and be on time and all of that good stuff you're supposed to learn when you're 15 I can't say it wasn't necessarily riveting work
0: Yeah no I uh, yeah I remember a time when I had to fold about four hundred and fifty napkins for an event in a very specific style okay. and uh, yeah told me I never wanted to do that again. So um, look
1: where you are now.
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely. So quick fire one most memorable book you've read recently.
1: The most memorable book that I have read recently was Homegoing, which is a book by an author called Yaa Gyasi, and it's a fantastic story of. The history of African people starts in 18th or 17th century Ghana and works its way through right to the United States and back again. And it's a beautiful narrative that I think is so important in these times we're all asking ourselves who we are and what our purpose is. And so that's my definite recommendation for anyone who's interested in a bit of really informative fiction, homegoing.
0: Brilliant. And finally, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received?
1: Best piece of advice that I've ever received. So it was, I can't remember her name the like of me, but I remember about 10 years ago, I was watching a woman who was very accomplished in her field talking about the importance of humility. And she said something along the lines of, when it comes to achievements and failure in life, you should always treat it like a pendulum and make sure that you're centered in that middle. And so there'll be lots of times in your life where really brilliant things happen and you've got this kind of really excited about it and it kind of make your head grow a little bit larger. Always just center yourself. And, you know, there'll be times where things don't go so well and, you know, you have failure and you don't get what you wanted, you know, that job doesn't come through, that funding doesn't come through, whatever. And if you're centered and you always have a strong sense of who you are and what you're about and a deep sense of mission, then you can't be swayed too far in either direction. So I've always tried to maintain life on that pendulum.
0: I think that is a, particularly when the pendulum has been swinging so much this year in so many directions for all of us, I think that is very astute advice to finish on. So Izzy, thank you very much for joining us on Jimmy's Jobs of the Future. That has been a fascinating discussion. Thank you so much for spending the time with us.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for listening to Jimmy's Jobs of the Future. We've come a long way since our first episode when I started recording this on my own in my daughter's nap times. We are now a team that not only pulls together a podcast, but also creates content on multiple channels. Whether that is our Substack looking at the latest trends in business, entrepreneurship, and the future of work, or some of our more lighthearted takes on TikTok, and of course, our best moments are on YouTube. To find all our socials and best content links, click on the links in the show notes below.